Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven podcast. Uh, so before we get into our usual 7th Heaven podcasting, um, I wanted to just give a uh, quick shout out to Matt, who is one of our listeners on Facebook, and he commented uh, about our latest post on episode 604, Work. Uh, he actually mentioned something that we picked up but we forgot to talk about, about George from that episode. So anyway, in that episode, um, George is having a conversation with Mary and he says something about how like before his parents split up or something or after his parents split up, how his mom would like bring home a different guy every night or something. But if you recall, um, George was dirty boy George. He was the orphan. So he didn't know his like his biological father, if you recall, came back from being in like the witness protection program. So he never knew his father, um, and I guess we can presume his his mother because he was an orphan. Died, yeah, died when he was young. So, which I think they do cover. So anyway, they messed up. We we've said this many times. Seventh Heaven likes to rewrite history. Just another example there, and people people caught him. Yeah. Anyway, in today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be talking about Season 6, Episode 7. The title is Prodigal, um, or in Germany, the title is Curtain Lecture. Um, the IMDb user synopsis is, Wilson is amused that all the Camdens call him after Mary's sudden return home, but wants her to tell them what happened. Robbie makes clear he's no longer interested at all in her or Lucy, having found a potential bride... The siblings, however, are furious when their wayward sister gets the royal treatment from their mother, while their better behavior yielded nothing. It's the last straw when the garage apartment they all want is thrown in, so they squat. Annie declares a war of attrition on them. Eric cowardly keeps out and hopes his sermon on the prodigal son may smooth things, but everyone feels targeted. Uh, So what was your first impression of this episode? Um, I think... I think I'm going to have to agree with you about... So I got used to, you know, 7th Heaven finishing their, like, plots and their, and everything in, like, a little neat little package, right? And it's not doing that anymore because at the end of this episode I was like, what? <laughs> Nothing was resolved. It was kind of frustrating, especially because I wanted, I wanted that emotional resolution at the end of it. I wanted that confrontation between the siblings and with Mary. I wanted that confrontation between Mary and the Rev. I, like, I needed some sort of ending and it didn't happen this time and I know that I've been praising Seventh Heaven on that especially this season and I do agree this is like good this is like real television real like get me to come back and watch the next episode but at the same time I feel like incomplete well I I feel like they might drag out stories that don't necessarily need to be dragged out like this kind of was building and building and coming to a head and then it might have in this particular episode all the conflict might have been better resolved um, in at the by the end of the episode. So anyway, um, bef- still before we get into the episode, um, we discovered something today while researching this episode, as we do after we watch the episodes, that it's surprising we hadn't come across before. But um, some new information about the show and what it's based on. I thought it was entirely fictional, but apparently it's true. Um, so. I don't know if anybody was wondering how Brenda Hampton came up with the idea of Seventh Heaven, of Reverend Camden and his children. Um, 
but uh, it's actually based on a real-life reverend. It's, his name is Reverend Eric Colbell. So instead of Eric Camden, it's Colbell. And oh, wait, I know why we just came across it on this episode. Because he co-wrote this episode. Yeah. The Reverend Eric Colbell re- co-wrote this with uh, Brenda Hampton. So I'm just going to uh, read off some parts of an interview with him. Uh, so apparently him and Brenda Hampton are friends, and she approached him about making something based off of his life. Uh, so... He doesn't actually have seven kids. I think he only has one kid. Um, but so, like, they've obviously, you know, fictionalized a lot of things. But uh, Colbell was like, yeah, go for it. And Hampton pitched it to, you know, Aaron Spelling, who's in charge of making a lot of great television from the 90s and early 2000s. And the rest is history. Uh, yeah. And he, as Aaron mentioned, he co-wrote this episode. And apparently he wrote several of the sermons that have been delivered by Reverend Camden. Uh, so that's not just, you know, Brenda Hampton writing. That's some, an actual... <laughs> real-life re- minister. Yeah. Um, some little funny things about this uh, is that his wife in real life is also named Annie. And that he actually didn't doesn't watch the show as much as... Like, because he thinks it's too sappy. Yeah, he's like, oh, this is like a bit too um, house on the prairie or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, I didn't, we didn't know that. Uh, did you guys know that? What does... What does it mean? mean? <laughs> what does it all mean? What is the meaning of this? Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so that's pretty interesting. So now we're finally going to, like, get into the cold open of this episode, which is pretty brief. Again, as I've hinted at before, the garage apartment is something that they always insist on calling the garage apartment instead of the garage, and something that becomes quite a point of contention in the Camden house. And now that it's been introduced, it's basically like another family member. Um... Like, they talk about the garage apartment more than they talk about the twins. They really didn't talk about the twins in this episode, so... (laughs) Were they even in this episode? No, I saw them. We saw them. Um, Which is another thing they love to do. Forget that the twins exist because they really don't serve any function in the family or for the storytelling. Um, So so the whole family is there. They're kind of talking about the... It's still very barren. There's just kind of like... I don't know how to... Like, wooden beams all over. There's no real walls. So Annie's talking about how she's going to fix it up um, and that it has some real potential. Um, when Mary ascends the stairs um, for what we are led to believe is her permanent homecoming. Um, Annie is the most excited and gives her a big hug while we have all the other Camdens kind of looking at each other, wanting to know what's going on. Um, so we're going to go back to something we haven't done a lot, which is scene by scene, mostly because all, there's not really a storyline in this episode. There's it's one, all in the family. Yeah. Um, so when we get back from the credits, basically we're just going to give you a big, like, a uh, summary of what's going on. Um, so Mary's home, but Mary's not telling anyone why she's home. Um, she has, and this is kind of what starts... Some of the, I guess, uh, like points of contention, as you mentioned, between the family members. Uh, and this is all kind of pushed even further by little Schitzer, uh, <laughs> Ruthie. Ruthie. Um, I, I have mentioned a lot that uh, I've grown to really like Ruthie, uh, especially this season and near the end of last season. Uh, but I think this is an episode where I've gone back to my, uh, Ruthie was a little bit annoying in this episode, except she did redeem herself near the end. Um, so what we have is 
Mary getting Mary's getting the prodigal treatment by her mother, and all of the other kids are not because of Ruthie's pushing. Um, yeah, they're, they're all pretty unhappy with the situation. Um, additionally, because um, the Rev kind of expresses like, they're like, oh, well, now Mary's a contender for the garage apartment. She's going to get it because look at the way Annie's treating her. And the Rev is like, no one needs to worry about that because that apartment isn't going to be done for, you know, Annie says she's going to have it done by the following, you know, by by January. I think this aired yeah. in, in November. November. Um, and the Rev is like, please, it's not going to happen for years. Um, but then Annie finishes it in one day for her prodigal child, Mary, to move in. Um, anyway, for some reason, I don't really understand this. Maybe you can shed some light on this. Everyone is trying to figure out why Mary has returned. And the first thing that they jump to is that she either broke up with Wilson, which I think is like a logical conclusion to jump to, or she's married to Wilson. Why would she come back and be like, I'm here permanently, if she went and got married to Wilson? I So I think the logic is that either Wilson and Billy are moving back and she moved back first, or like Ruthie said, they are going to get married and she's staying in the house until they do get married, or Wilson and Billy are going to move into the camp. I don't know. There's like a bunch of like different scenarios going on. But this is basically the reason, the fact that Mary is not divulging why, why she's home is a reason why all the Camdens, except for Annie, are kind of against her. Uh, nobody really trusts her. Everybody is kind of like... All the siblings th- still think they're owed an apology for her conduct the year prior. Uh, I... So a lot, like the last few times that Mary's come home and the, uh, the Camden siblings have not acted, you know, how siblings would act when another sibling comes home. It's kind of, it's been kind of like, oh, Mary's acting the worst and they're acting the worst. So it like balances out. But I want to say this time, I feel like they were kind of mean for, no, at least Lucy was. Lucy was getting really oh, nasty. Oh God, Lucy was the worst in this episode. And I, but it was because Ruthie was pushing her, and yeah. she was like, "Aren't you angry? When you came back, you got nothing. Look at Mary; she returns, and she, you know, she got kicked out for doing all this bad stuff. You, you left of your own accord, and then came back, and you got nothing." But then Ruthie changes her tune because when uh, when they decide to do their little like sleep in protest, when they're gonna like sit. Well, anyway, yeah. um, so when everybody thinks that Mary's gonna be the one who gets the garage apartment. All of the kids decide to basically have, like, a sit-in, sleep-in of the garage apartment so that Mary can't take it. And this is when Ruthie's like, this is not a good idea. And every, they're all like, but you're the one that told us, like, is, was egging, you were the one that was egging us on the entire time. And she's like, you guys aren't as good as you think you are. Like, the, I think the entire, like, uh, like logic behind this is they think that they're the good kids and that Mary's the bad kid and the bad kids getting all these things and they the good kids good kids deserve it but she doesn't but um I think what like the twist here is that none of them deserve anything yes (laughs) none of them are entitled first of all Robbie is the only one entitled to that apartment because he is willing to pay rent and that's how life works and these kids need to get over it um I gotta say that I. But Robbie is not included in this conversation about the apartment at, at all. Because well, Robbie's given it up to He's, Matt, and yeah. Matt feels like he get, should get it. And then Lucy thinks she should get it because Matt's going away soon to med school. And Ruthie's like, "Oh yeah, you should definitely get it because I want the 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 big attic. room attic to herself." 
And I don't even think Simon really wants it. He's just, like, in solidarity with his siblings. Yeah, um, yeah. Simon's kind of just there. Simon has his own ride. room. He's, right. like, he's just keeping quiet until so no one notices that he has his... He's the only person with his own room. Um, so as... So to get to the bottom of why Mary has come home, um, we only really find this out because of a conversation she has with Robbie. If we remember, last episode we were left with a cliffhanger at the train bus station. Oh, the other reason I thought it was weird, I have this written down, I thought it was weird that everybody jumped to the conclusion that she was married because the Camden family never knew that Wilson had proposed because she never gave an answer. And somebody, I think the Rev has a conversation with someone where he kind of hints at the fact that he had no idea that um, that Wilson had ever proposed. So I, that's another reason I thought it was a weird conclusion. Well, we know from the beginning of the season that they thought Mary was going to be Miss, Mrs. Wilson West, so I think yeah. marriage was just like a... They just have been... That's the way the relationship has been heading. Right. Um, so we find out that Wilson and Mary have indeed broken up. We don't know... I mean, that's obviously was what was going to happen. Yeah. They, they weren't, like... They weren't going to end up... They weren't <laughs> endgame in the Seventh Heaven canon. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of glad, because we saw a lot of cracks in their relationship near the end there. Um, although, she did leave... Like, we have a lot of questions. She left her firefighting. Yeah, she left her... Okay, and this is where... So, she just up and left after... Apparently, the Camdens have been begging her to come home. I don't know what being away for one year was really going to do to reform her. But um, Mary just up and left her firefighting job, and she's acting, like, weird again, um, which kind of opens up the fact that, or just, like, not behaving consistently um, with who she used to be. And we still think that this would have been a good opportunity to explore, like, Mary has a mental illness um, storyline, because that's something that Seventh Heaven never really tackles full on um i can't think of any we get close to it is mike being suicidal but that's like we see mike post that we don't really see mike going through it so kind of like the play because she is you know behaving kind of she's i don't know she's all over the place yeah Yeah. so um i don't know it seems like that they, it seems like they were writing it that way, but then they just never addressed it. Yeah, maybe it was, maybe it's because they knew we were going to come in and we were going to deliver all the fan fiction. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to write work on the fan fiction. Um, so, the, like this is uh, this is the thing that we have here where Annie's the only one on the on Mary's side, and the Rev and everybody else basically thinks that Mary hasn't changed, um, and they get on her for the fact that she doesn't know what's going on in their lives. And, like, she's like, oh, how would you... She gets in a fight with Lucy because Lucy's like, how would you know anything about me and Robbie? You talk like you're here. And at the same time, everybody's like, can we trust her? Do we believe anything she says? Has she really changed? She needs to apologize to us. Where on the other end, Annie and Mary are saying, you haven't really given me a chance to show you that I've changed. Um, You... All of you went to Wilson first, and specifically when I said that I'll talk to you and I want to talk to you, why won't you give me the time to, like, I've only been home for a day. Um, well, and they and this bothered me, too, because they did give Lucy her space. They gave her, like, the first three episodes of the season before she told anyone why she was back. So why are they all pressuring Mary, like, this instant? Like, I guess because, because of her, her history, because they still don't trust her? Like, but I don't know. And this idea, like, Ruthie brings up in the beginning of the episode this idea of 
uh, I still feel like I'm owed an apology, which I agree, right? Like, the person I think who was screwed over the most by Mary's behavior was Ruthie, and Ruthie's the one that became the most disillusioned by her big sister. But I still feel like it's been... And and if you recall, Mary kind of left them all high and dry. She walked out, she didn't say goodbye to anyone, and we sort of of saw this the first time when she came home to visit, and they were all kind of... I wouldn't say cold, but they weren't didn't give her the reception she thought she deserved. Um, but I also thought that we'd gotten over this. Like, I thought that that was, like, we've gotten through that part of the storyline last season. Yeah. And because she's visited multiple times now, but all of a sudden we're bringing back, like, oh, can we trust, like, Mary should apologize to us. I mean, I'm not forgiving Mary for... Everything she did. But at the same time, I feel like... You know, Annie, I have to say, Annie, I really liked Annie in this episode. I liked, I think, like, whatever they were trying to do with Annie this episode, it hit really well. Her entire, uh, she's on, as I mentioned before, she's on Mary's side, but her entire spiel is that she's she's our daughter, so she's your sister, and she needs us, and she wants to be home, and you can't, don't act like you don't know her, which is Ruthie's whole thing. Like she's when she's like whispering in Lucy's ear, she's like, "We don't know her anything about her." Like we just know that she's our sister, but that's it. And then, um, so yeah, we want to hit some like specific moments Annie, from this episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, Annie on the warpath is definitely one of them. Um, the first is, I guess, all of the Camdens call Wilson except for Annie to gather information about um, why Mary's home. And I think it's supposed to be comical. That's the only reason I'm really mentioning it. Wilson is, like, getting undressed from his night out, and his landlord is his babysitter, which I thought to be weird. And um, he, he goes into, like, a different room, and he, 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 <laughs> he starts playing his, me- his voicemail, or whatever you used to call that, his answering machine. Um, he, so he's playing the tape there, and the first message is a message from Ruthie. Ruthie. Um, and then he steps into like his closet, and he takes off his shirt. And then the next message is Lucy, and he steps out, and he doesn't have his shirt on. And then like he goes back and forth every time like the mes- a new message starts, and he's got less and less clothes on. And all of the Camdens are just like, hey, and Robbie are like, hey, Wilson, just uh, give me a call. I uh, just want to talk. This is, you know... Whoever. Um, the only one that doesn't obviously call is Mary and Annie. And between each message, we have Billy, who's meant to be sleeping. Wake- turning up the volume. I think this is because he does wants to make sure that, like, his father is listening to what's happening. Because he want, as we know, Billy's grown or grew pretty attached to Mary. So he, of course, is interested in Wilson returning these phone calls and getting back together with Mary. Um, anyway, Wilson, fi- well, the Rev finally calls and Wilson picks up the phone and the Rev is like, oh, tell me what happened. And Wilson is like, I'm going to let um, Mary do that for you. Because she came home for the specific purpose to tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, we don't really know how it went down. All we know is that they broke up. So I don't know if we'll get like any resolution to that. But Wilson seems fine. Yeah. Mary also seems mostly fine. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up was... The only person who has anything going on beside, like, in this episode outside of, like, Mary being home is Robbie, surprisingly. Yes. Um, so, sidebar of Robbie. Um, I also just want to say, in Mary's storyline, we really don't see a whole lot of Mary. It's just everybody talking mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. um, everybody talking about Mary. Um, so, so, Robbie, 
seems to have found someone else. <laughs> um, so uh, we get the first hint of that of this when he's talking to Matt. He's like, how am I supposed to deal with Mary? So for me, not knowing, like not having seen Seventh Heaven, he was acting very suspicious and he was like, oh, uh, no, I don't have, I, there's no one. And Matt's like, what are you talking about? And I thought for a hot second that this was still about Lucy because I was like, did Matt know about Lucy? It was already over though. Yeah, I know, but like, Maybe this was like... Just a flash in the pan. It's such a brief moment in time. Um, but then we see him getting ready for a date and like he's And being... Lucy asks, like, what are you doing tonight? And he's like, no one. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, uh, uh, nothing. And it's so obvious and horrible. And then he comes home and we see him washing off, lip, like trying to get lipstick, lipstick off his face. all over his face. Like, and then finally... I mean, okay, can uh, we just comment on... Like, that doesn't look like it's good kiss. That no, it was all over his face. It was, like, halfway up his cheek. That's not... That That's doesn't, not... No. No. How did that get there? Yeah, please explain. She was doing something wrong. They both were doing something, something wrong. wrong. yeah. Unless it's... St- she started with, like, a little kiss on the cheek, and then she just was, like, dragged her mouth across <laughs> to his mouth. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway. Um, and then during a conversation between... Lucy? With, between Mary and oh. Wilson, where Mary's, like, explaining that she broke up with Wilson. No, no, it wasn't. Sorry. Mary, Mary and, and Robbie. Robbie. Robbie's, like... It, this is not some woman that I made out with. This is someone that I think... Could be my bride, as the user synopsis hinted at. Um, so anyway, the final scene is the Camden's getting... Well, the like penultimate scene is the Camden's getting ready to go to church. And Robbie is also getting ready, but we find out, I believe he tells Lucy, um, I'm not, ex- it's irrelevant who he tells. Mary. He, he te- yeah, he tells one of the Camdens that he's not going to the um, the Camden's church this Sunday because he's going to church with his new girlfriend. Um, and the episode ends with Robbie coming through the front door of the Camden house with his new girlfriend, Joy, who is played by... Joy Enrique? Enriquez? Joy Benz? Enriquez. Joy Enriquez, yes. Yeah. Um, and who is a recurring character, not just kind of a like one-time appearance. She's wearing these very flashy pink... Bell bottoms. They are very reminiscent of something like Christina Aguilera or Britney Spears or Xenon Girl of the 21st Century would wear. And they make a little joke about um, Catholic Mass and how they're constantly kneeling and standing and sitting and kneeling and sitting and standing. And they also so a little little Protestant jab there at <laughs> at Catholics. But they also make a comment about the fact uh, about what she's wearing. Like apparently. right, he he's like, oh, no one at my church ever dressed like that, and I was like. I don't think people dress like that at Catholic church. Uh, this is all humor that completely went above my head. So uh, yeah. Well, I didn't really I didn't really get that last part either. Um but at the, we at, we end with them like kissing. So this is the girl that that Robbie is going to marry. Just to round out the storyline, uh, Lucy does find out about this because she sees the lipstick all over his face, and she's like, we The only- worst! Yeah, she's like, we only broke up seven days ago. And he's like, uh... Were we ever really dating? Yeah. And so Lucy's very upset about this, so clearly Lucy was way more invested than Robbie was in whatever their that relationship was. And one final scene I want to get into, which was very confusing, but I think, like, we'll round out whatever this episode is, um, is one between Annie and the Rev where Annie screams that she loves Richard Nixon. (laughs) So, um... Just (laughs) rounding it out with Richard Nixon. So, to 
tell you how this relates. Uh, the Rev is working on a sermon. He decides to do a sermon on the prodigal son. And his sermon's basically about how um, admitting that, knowing what you've done wrong and asking for forgiveness is better than just being, than just living by like the bylaws or being obedient, something like that. The bylaws? <laughs> of religion. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know. The um, Bible. Um, and. And he's like, yeah, this is why you never, you, like, you didn't like Richard Nixon. You didn't approve of Richard Nixon getting pardoned because he never admitted that he did something wrong. And for you, it's more important for the person to admit that they've done something wrong than to be doing, like, better in life. And this kind of, like, message gets reiterated in the Reverend's sermon where he is giving a speech about how, like, when you look at somebody else and you see them as being bad and you see yourself as being good, you're actually sinning yourself. Like when you judge sinners, you're sinning yourself. I think that's like the general message of that. Uh. And like that seems to hit home with every single Camden child because they were like, you know, Lucy was like, I'm the good one and Mary's a bad one. And she's getting all these things and that makes her self-righteous. And like, um, Matt, like, Matt was judging her about her life, and because he was judging her, he's being judgmental, <laughs> like, and that's wrong. And another thing aimed at Ruthie and something about Simon being, like, hostile, but yeah. the point— Yeah, and then all of the kids, like, yell at the Rev after for, like, feel, because they all feel called out by this sermon. And so— and that's honestly, besides like the end with Robbie and Joy, that's where it really ends. So it's completely unresolved. Where we end is um, one thing I don't think we discussed was Annie's little war, like declaration. Oh of yeah, war. We sh- oh, we yeah. Did. yeah, yeah. So we're just gonna backtrack a little bit. So when all the kids decide that they're gonna have a sleep in in the garage apartment, um, Annie just like fucking goes for it. Mm-hmm. She she's on the warpath, and she says tells all the kids that. They have to stay in the garage. They can't come into the house for anything except to use the bathroom. Um, so she's like, now you all have to live in the garage together <laughs> and support each other. They get a week's worth of allowance, uh, some clothes, and some of their school books. And when when Erin says they can't, you, they can only use the bathroom, she means the toilet. They can't even shower. Yeah. Um, and there's a moment between Annie and Ruthie where Annie's just like, life is not fair. You're not always going to get what you want. Get over it. Which Ruthie needed to be told. Yeah. But that isn't how life works for Ruthie, so. That's what I was going to say. I feel like Ruthie mostly always get what she, gets what she wants. Um, one thing, so just to recap here where we're at, uh, all the Camdens, except for Annie, are upset with Mary. Um, Annie and the Rev are fighting. And all the kids are now kind of upset with each other because... So this all ended unresolved. Yeah. All the kids are mad at each other. Annie and the Rev are mad at each other. The kids because are mad they continued, at Rev. They continued on with the menopause thing very lightly in this episode. So that's just been ongoing. Annie's been mad at the Rev, like, since the beginning of season six. Mary, honestly, even though she was being bagged on this entire episode, probably had the best episode because she got to get a bubble. She took a bubble bath in this episode. She did. Well, we didn't see her in the bubble bath. <laughs> I mean, this show would have been completely different if we saw Mary in the bubble bath. But well, uh, anyway, <laughs> um, but that's really it. So this one, I don't know. Well, how would you rate this? I'm going to give it. Well, 
I'm going to give it like a three. Solid three out of seven. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just about, just a little bit under middle of the road. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Also giving it a three. There were some entertaining moments, but mostly it was, there was just an overwhelming amount of Hello Kitty. Yes, and people just like complaining. Everyone just complained yeah. the entire episode, and that's not entertaining. Yeah, it's not. Only we're allowed to complain. Yes. <laughs> um, Good so, thing we have a platform to do it. Yes, this, this podcast. Um, so we're going to end, as we always do, uh, with... A reminder. About where you can find us. We are on Twitter and Instagram, at Camden Cast Show. On Facebook, Camden Cast. And you can listen to us on Stitcher, on SoundCloud.com slash CamdenCast, or through the iTunes Apple Podcast app every Wednesday and Saturday. I'm Tanby. I'm Erin. This is Camden Cast. No greater